congregation in our sermon this afternoon, we will follow the teaching of our Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 39. You'll find it in the back of the Book of Praise on page 555. Lord's Day 39 deals with the fifth commandment. And so the question, question 104 asked, what does God require in the fifth commandment? The answer, that I show all honor, love, and faithfulness to my father and mother and to all those in authority over me, submit myself with due obedience to their good instruction and discipline, and also have patience with their weaknesses and shortcomings, since it is God's will to govern us by their hand. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, honor your father and your mother. That's the fifth commandment. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme, or to governors are sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. That's what the Apostle Peter writes in 1 Peter 2. And both are covered by the answer of, that our catechism gives upon the question, what does God require in the fifth commandment? They study honoring of father and mother and the obedience to the governing authorities are very close related. Why? Because they are both authorities instituted by God. As a matter of fact, all authorities is instituted by God. There is no authority except from God, we read in Romans 13. And it is from the perspective of this truth that we will look at our Lord's Day this afternoon under the theme, the Lord instructs his people to submit to all authority. And then we first we see that he is the source of all authority. And then secondly, that he teaches us about the submission to authority. So first of all, we look at that he is the source of all authority. The last phrase of, our, of the answer of our catechism just indicates who the source of all that authority is. And of course, the source is God, whose will it is to govern us by the hand of those in authority. God alone is truly sovereign. That means that God alone has sovereign, supreme authority and that all other authority derives from him. Only exclusively from him. He is the source, he is the creator of all things. And this means that all and everything belongs to him and that he acts with it as he pleases. He truly is sovereign. And it pleases him to institute different kinds and different level of authorities among people in order to govern the people through, him, through them. 
And so we know that all authorities we know are accountable to God. And that's exactly what Romans 13 verse 1 teaches. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Now, the Apostle Paul in Romans 13, and the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter 2, uh, 1 verse 2, no, 1 Peter 1, 1 Peter 2, sorry. They, um, they wrote uh, the same thing. They wrote that we should be uh, subject to all the authorities. And keep in mind that they wrote that in the time that an ungodly and, and very cruel Caesar Nero was the authority. And that makes it very clear that our obedience our submission, our giving honor to the authorities does not and may not hinge upon the godliness or ungodliness, the righteousness or unrighteousness, or the fairness and the justice and so on of the authorities. We had to honor, the church had to honor Nero, Caesar Nero, then, then so we need to submit and honor those who are in authority over us. Now, before we go on, it is good to keep in mind that not every powerful institution has therefore God-given authority. There are many powers in the world that ultimately don't have authority. They may pretend to have it, but they don't. The great multinational corporations wield a lot of power in the world, but they have no authority at all to rule of the govern people or a country or even a part. They are to submit to the governments of those countries in which they operate. They, these governments are, the God, are by God-appointed authority and they are God's servants. So, Let's not confuse power with authority. An army is most likely the most powerful institution in a country, but it has no authority to govern. So, submitting to authority. And the difficult thing for us, for people, is that the pride of our old nature goads us to rebel against authority. That this comes natural to us. It's, it's deep rooted within us. As people tell us what to do, we want to walk the other way. We want to push back. That's our nature. So it's difficult for us, by nature, to submit to authority. And beside all this, it is also true that the way things are in our society and the way the governing authorities ask uh, of act at times makes submission to authority even more difficult. But it may for us, who belong with body and soul to the Lord Jesus Christ, never being an excuse to ignore them, or even to speak with contempt about them. 
En wie, en wie als, als reformed Christian zit really niet to keep dat in mind. We are not just called to, to submit, to, 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 to obey. We are called to honor. Even Caesar Nero. As Christians, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are called to honor those in authority over us. God is sovereign. He is the source of all authority, as I said. And, and he sovereignly appointed those who execute, execute his authority here on earth. And he has done this. Why? Because of his mercy. Without any authority, this world would soon turn into complete chaos. The world would at no time be a place of unimaginable violence and, and grief. Criminality. But thank God that he in his wisdom and love instituted authorities here on earth. Now, God gave parents authority over their children. He gave teachers authority over their students. He gave business owners and managers authority over their employees as far as it involves their work. He gave governments authority over citizens. He gave the elders authority in his church. And all of them are accountable to the Lord of how they have executed their authority. They are God's servant, says the Apostle Paul. And therefore they are accountable to God. And it will be just terrible for any of those servants who have received authority from God and who have in one way or another abused it. The Lord Jesus said in Luke 12, verse 26, the master of that servant will come one day when he does not expect him and at an hour that he does not know and he will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. That's what the Lord Jesus had to say about the unfaithful servants. And that includes those whom we have given authority in this world. Authorities that rule in an ungodly way rebel against God, to whom they are accountable, and that just has disastrous consequences for these governments, but also for those who are governed by them. They are accountable to God. And some of those disastrous consequences we can see happening all around us. It is so good that Romans 13 verse 1 is in the Bible because now we know how we as Christians, as believers, must behave towards governments that are ungodly. To submit. You must obey them. Why? Because it is God's will to govern us by their hand. And God doesn't make mistakes. Of course it is true that if any 
authority requires something that the Lord forbids or forbids something that the Lord's command that we need to obey God first, no matter what. To bring those things, we need to bring it to the attention of our governments. And we may for that use the means God gave us. And we, must, and we must use the word of God to show why we must do what we do and why we cannot do what he forbids. But even then, or rather especially then, our attitude must be one of, of reverence, of giving honor, of showing submission, and never an attitude of rebellion or contempt. Rebellion and contempt, even against an ungodly authority, is rebellion against and contempt for God himself. The Lord Jesus sends us into the world to witness the gospel. And that's a message of peace. And to proclaim a kingdom, which is a kingdom of peace. And the world in which he sent his church is, yes, an ungodly world. And in that ungodly world, we must show submission and obedience to all authorities, lest the world would perceive that God's people are rebellious people. And as God's people, we may trust God that he directs the hearts of even the most ungodly authorities in such a way that his, their rules save his purpose. For no matter how ungodly and rebellious any governing authority may be, God who rules the whole world rules through them. If they recognize it or not, they are his servant for our good. We must always trust in that. And in the country in which we are so blessed to live, our government seems to increasingly allow anti-Christian voices to take priority over ours. But it should not be but it should be to us a stimulus to wake up and return to the bold and faithful ways we are called to live our Christian life. It is also in relation to the fifth commandment so important, brothers and sisters, that we not only hear the word of God, but that we do it, that we live it, that we communicate it, and in this way spread its influence. We need to do this in, in obedience to him to whom has been given all authority on heaven and on earth and who taught us and commanded us to be a light in this world. Well, let's now look in our second point to see that our submission to authority is the Lord teaches that.
how do we how do we submit to all authorities that God has established? Well, according to our catechism, it begins. It has to do with showing honor and love and faithfulness to our father and mother and to all those in authority over us. Father and mother and all those in authority over us. It says, but it begins with father and mother, and that is so, of course, because the fifth commandment specifically names father and mother. It's, it's obviously, actually, submission to all authority begins with father and mother, because father and, fathers and mothers, they instill the basic life principles into their children. And that's one of the basic life principles, should be for everyone, but for us, must be. That we submit to authority. Parents must teach the children the difference between right and wrong, and it is just wrong to rebel in any way against any authority. The problem in our time is that not so much that parents do not want to teach these things to the children, although that becomes increasingly more the, the case too, but that parents it becomes that for parents it becomes increasingly difficult to teach right from wrong. Because so many lines between so many rights and so many wrongs have become rather blurred in our society. The lines between good and evil, between just and unjust, honesty and dishonesty, between faithfulness and unfaithfulness, between moral and immoral, etc., they are purposely being blurred in order to be the open-minded, the tolerant society we, according to the wisdom of those in authority, ought to be. And the, and, the, and the sad thing is that if evil is allowed in order to be in tolerant society, evil will take over in such society and will soon tolerate nothing else. And that too, we can beginning, we can see that it begins to take shape. And to teach a child in such society the right from wrong is not easy. Just as it is not easy for parents to biblically exercise their parental authority. To discipline a child is according to some of the experts in child rearing the same as to stunt, to restrict the development of the children. And therefore discipline, any discipline, is considered abuse. Just think about it. If we would publicly read what the book of Proverbs, Proverbs have to say about raising children and disciplining children, one would very soon be suspected of child abuse. Just imagine going to a public place and read out loud, he who spares the rod hates the son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. It will not go over very well. Even if you would explain carefully that with the rod you do not mean a cane or a stick, but just the, living, the discipline of loving parents. 
Now, if, if all this would just be out there in the world, that would be bad enough already, but it's not. There are many Christian parents that are so influenced by the modern and popular ideas of child-rearing that they raise their children much more according to the wisdom of the, of the experts of our time than according to the wisdom of God. Well, think about it. God is not only the source of our authority and therefore the only true expert on, on exercising it, but God is also the creator and the very architect of man and therefore truly knows people and the very nature also of children and how to raise them. Can you imagine to ignore the wisdom of God who made man and to prefer the wisdom of those who do not know the true nature of people, who claim not that all people and also children are by nature inclined to all evil, but who base all their knowledge upon the premise that man is basically good and with the right guidance will always choose what is good. Well, probably none of us here would really believe this. But we need to be alert. We do not cut it, and we should also not categorically reject everything that experts on child rearing have to say. We truly may search all things and keep the good, but we need to know our Bibles and test everything to what God teaches us. Now, our catechism also says that children as well as adults should have patience with the weakness and shortcomings of their parents and of all who are in authority. And I, if anything, then I believe that this is the most excellent way of showing order to those in authority over us, to have patience with the shortcomings. See, as, as young people, that by growing up, you become increasingly aware of the weaknesses and the shortcomings of your parents. But it must never be a reason to disrespect them. That's why the commandment is in, in the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother. The Lord knew that fathers and mothers have weaknesses and shortcomings. He wants you to honor them nevertheless. Never a reason to disrespect your parents. The Lord watches you, young people. It's the only commandment out of the ten that is, spe ten that is specifically addressed to you. So, if you discover the weaknesses and the shortcomings of your parents, then just then you should honor them by, by being patient. Realizing that they too are sinners in need of grace, in need of wisdom. And, and you need to pray for them. It is in this way you, you honor them. And yes, it is true, as long as your child, 
You must obey them too. And that, young people, also counts for your teachers in school. As much as they would like to be, they are not perfect. And they do make mistakes. But the Lord has placed them in authority over you. And it is God's will to govern you by their hand while you're at school. And rebelling against them and ridiculing them is the same as rebelling against and ridiculing God. And brothers and sisters, this counts for all those in authority over us. And that means our governments in Ottawa, in Edmonton, and of the cities and the towns and the counties you live in. And it is true that our governments may do many things that we must disagree with. They all strive to be secular and try to do what's popular. But it may for us, the Lord's people, never be a reason to show disrespect or contempt. The Lord wants us to obey them, to show honor to them, to bear patiently with their weaknesses and their shortcomings, for it is still His will to govern us by their hand. Notice that the Catechism does not say that it is God's will that they govern us. But it is his will that he governs us by their hand. And so we may see behind all those in authority, our faithful God, who is governing us. And he is at all times able and willing to turn that what was mean, meant for evil into good for us. And we may pray for this. And we may pray also that he will use their ruling for the good and for the peace of the church. And we must pray that he will turn the hearts of our rulers to, to himself so that they may listen and recognize him. Listen to him and recognize him. But in the meantime, we must love them. We must show love must show honor without obedience, without patience, and without faithfulness. And in the church, God has given authority only to the elders of the church. And, and that is an important thing to think about, especially now, with all the rules that come to us from the COVID-19, and how we can probably get on top of the pandemic. I've heard a lot of people in different congregations say, well, yeah, but the government has no voice in the church. Right! You're so right! There is only one ruling body in the church. And those are the elders. So, here come the rules of the government. And the elders either formally or informally come together and they carefully search if any of those rules may offend God and will mean disobedience to God. And after they have done this, then they make a decision of how we can obey those rules from the government. How we can show honor and love to them. And those are then the rules. And then we all submit 
to those in authority over us in the church, which are only the elders. They are the shepherds of God's flock. They are accountable to him. And all the while they are making those decisions and those rules, they have been very aware of that. You see, submission to the elders has everything to do with your faith. Remember the day that you did public profession of faith? Do you remember the very last question that was asked? It goes like this. Do you promise to submit willingly to the admonition and discipline of the church? So that has to do with the elders. And then it goes on. And the Lord and the whole congregation of the Lord heard your promise, I do. That was part of your profession of, the, of your faith. That was your promise before God and his church, and such promise is a vow. Part of the faith you profess is to submit willingly to the elders of your church. And it is a commandment of God. We read that commandment in Hebrews 13, verse 7. That we read, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage of you. And especially that last phrase, that would be of no advantage for you. That you can take that as a threat. We can also take it as a warning for a church in which the members are not willingly submit to the elders becomes a disaster and ceases to be a church. And the Lord will bless that church where members, counting with the weaknesses and the shortcomings of their office bearers, are willing to in love and patience bear with them and carry them up to the throne of grace in their prayers. O Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who truly is the eternal Son of God, and who always, even as a baby, remained Almighty God, came into this world as a little baby, and when he grew up, we read about him in Luke 2, verse 51. Then he went down to Nazareth with them, with his parents, and was obedient to them. He did that as an example for children to honor, love, and faithfully obey their parents. And as an example to, for adults, he submitted himself to the governing authorities of his time, even when they unjustly accused him. He even prayed for them while they crucified him. He knew that it was God's will to so govern him by their hand. And he submitted. And see how God turned that great evil in, done to him to our good. He did all this in order to save us and to purchase us as his special people. And we, should we not thankfully strive to follow his example in also obeying this commandment.
And so please, our Heavenly Father, should we not thankfully follow him who through his obedience gained for us complete forgiveness of all of our sins. Also, the transgressions against this commandment. Brothers, sisters, young and old, let's truly follow our Savior also in his obedience to his Father. And let's do so to be in all things truly his people. Amen.